I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Monday afternoon here on Ausbiz. Great to have your company between now and 1 p.m. for the call. 10 stocks that uh, you suggest and uh, I put them to two experts for their view on them. Great to have David Novak from Wealthwise Education with us. David, good to see you. Thank you. And Francesco Destratus from, uh, from Ords. Uh, Francesco, good okay. to have you back. Thank you. Uh, how are you seeing the market at the moment? Yeah, the market's softening and I'm not surprised. Um, you know, okay. We tend to follow offshore markets, particularly the US, and the US, I think, got well ahead of itself and is starting to pull back and... You know, I think we're you know post reporting season. The reality now is well, there's not a lot of earnings growth out there. Yeah. I think we're starting to see a little bit of softening. I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue in you know over the next couple of weeks, okay. um, and potentially see some buying opportunities around the mid five thousands or something. Oh. Really. So you're cashed up. Got a bit of cash in client accounts, right. yes, okay. at the moment. Um, not as much as some, <laughs> as we talked beforehand. Um, but yeah, there's a bit of cash uh, sitting on the sidelines, and you know we're not we're not being too um, uh, you know jumping in too too quickly, yeah. um, and you know being very selective, obviously. Right. Yeah. yeah. David, how are you seeing the market? Well, it's, uh, as I was saying before we before the show, well, I'm very cautious at the moment, so right. just with the overseas markets and a few other political things going on, the election coming up and lack of stimulus, second stimulus package in the US and the Taiwan situation. So right now, as I said, the XJO, the ASX 200 has been tracking sideways between, pretty much between 58 and 62 since the beginning of June. So today we're testing that lower boundary. So it's going to be interesting to see how it closes today. Right. So if if it finishes below that? Well, then that's a technical, for technicians, that's a technical signal that we're breaking out of that range right on the downside yeah so what the market's telling me is a great book i read many years ago by ivan krantz called listen to the markets right let the market tell you what's going on yeah and right now what the market's saying is be careful right okay all right. So you're pretty cashed up as well? Yep, 80% as I was saying. 80%? <laughs> Whoa! Are you that much, Francesco? No, not quite that much. I'd like to have that much now. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll be uh, watching it fairly closely over, over this week on David's advice. A good thing to uh, watch out for and just put on the agenda as we see how this week pans out. Uh, before we get into your 10 stocks, um, I choose one stock of the day. Um, something that's in the news, um, and Nick Hawkins is set to take the top spot at IAG, the uh, big financial services insurance conglomerate, appointed as chief executive and MD as uh, Peter Harmer retires, concluding the company's five-month search for its new chief executive. Hawkins is currently the company's deputy CEO. He was previously head honcho of the New Zealand business, as well as its group CFO, Harmer will leave his position on the 1st of November after five years. Francesco, um, how important is an appointment like this for IAG? 
Oh, extremely important. I, I think yeah. every listed company, you know, the 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 senior appointments are, uh, you know, they they report because they determine the direction yep. that the company wants to take uh, over the next sort of three, five to ten years. So, I, I think it's exceptionally important, and the background of the the you know the the, the senior management is important as well, and what they've achieved in the past. Um, oh, look, I think this is a you know reasonable appointment. Time will tell, right. obviously. Um, you know, with IAG, you know, we we have a whole recommendation on the stock, and I, right. I, I I sort of think we're getting to the bottom of the cycle for them, mm. or close to it. Um, you know, look, we've got you look at that chart, and you hope so. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, <laughs> look, there could be more weakness. If 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 we tend to have broader market weakness, it's probably going to bring it back a bit more. Right. Um, you know, they're experiencing issues with with COVID as well. Uh, you know, affordability concerns uh, on insurance. You know, a lot of people yeah. will tend to drop insurance when things get a bit tough um, and they're, they're, their market shares um, not as strong as it used to be as well so so that's um, they're finding it tough then to putting put through premium increases to, to make up uh, for those sort of margin pressures that they're experiencing right. so look I, I, it's starting to look interesting at these levels and I, but I, I think you know a bit of a broader um, you know market weakness might make it very interesting um, right. so we've got a hold but with a definite watch Okay. Uh, to keep an eye on where it goes from here, but um, starting to look promising, I think, mm. from bottom okay. of the cycle investment. All right, David. Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> the trend's not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> sure. um, so you know, there's an old saying for technician, you know, don't try and catch a falling knife, yeah. which is what this stock has been since July last year, from a high of eight dollars seventy down to four dollars fifty today. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, there it is. That's fantastic. Mm. Look, see that chart there. You're looking at that previous peak, the all-time high, it hit that exact peak you can see there in 2017 yeah. and failed. So, um, you know, now some might say, oh, that's a double top, but that's like, you know, almost a year apart. So it's a bit yeah. too far to call it what they call a double top pattern. But look, you know, you just wouldn't be, um, you know, one of the things I've learned in over 30 years in the markets is, you know, don't try and pick the bottom. Right. Um, you wait for the signals to show you that the trend has changed in this case from, from down to up, and there's no sign of that yet. Although there is an indicator which I look at, which is a relative strength index, and that's showing the internal strength of the stock, that there is there could be some buying support coming in at this level mm -hmm. shortly. So, But again, uh, it's one to avoid at the moment. Yep. And um, I think, um, as uh, Francesco said, there's margin pressure, and you've got the new CEO coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, he's um, he's the ex uh, CFO. Oh, well, he's CFO of the company for twelve yep. years, ex KPMG partner. So we'll see what you know. I think um, everybody's waiting to yeah, see. And, yeah, and um, but also an internal a CFO coming stepping up to the job. He's unlikely to bring out all the skeletons, is it? Because he's been part, part of it. <laughs> part of them. <laughs> you, when you bring an outsider and you go, whoa, let's wait. For the first six months, as he just ships everything out, yeah. he or she, and yeah. all, all the dogs and the skeletons in the cupboard, um, but unlikely with this one. Yeah. Well, I was ex CFO in my past life, you know, right. in merchant banking. Yeah. So I know what kind of things you can sort of defer, if you like. <laughs> I think you find that what they do is they try and put a new twist on the, the business strategy right. that was already in place yep. because they were part of it as well. Yep. Um, and by putting a new twist on it, it tends to. Um, I sort of change the focus of right. you, know, you know skeletons in the closet if you right. like. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, like David said, I, 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 you know, if you own the stock, there's no point selling. You know, particularly yeah. if you're a long-term investor. Yeah. yeah. Best to hold 
okay. through, through the cycle. All right. Um, but um, yeah, there's some opportunities that, that will come. All right, okay. <laughs> so you've already taken the pain right here down <laughs> if you've been in there. You're getting close to the bottom. <laughs> Maybe we hopefully hope. right yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed. All right, um, David, uh, Terry wants a view on Alisa Gold Corporation. Is that how you pronounce it? Now, yeah. Unusual gold producer. Everyone goes, ooh, you're guilty gold producer. <laughs> uh, this is a low-cost gold producer with a mine in Turkey to add a... Uh, a bit of a twist to it. <laughs> yeah, but they've just been merged with or taken over. There's a scheme arrangement with this company, SSR Mining. It's a gold company in the US, and they've got global operations also in Turkey, Canada, USA, of course, right. Argentina. So this this uh, merger uh, with this company, uh, I think it's part script, part um, cash. Yeah. Um, but it then forms a conglomerate of um, you know five billion dollar. Um, merger here, so I think this uh, this uh, actually due to settle sometime late this this month. Right. No, it's already it's started it's already trading. Done, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's started yeah. trading. Um, yeah. Up to that point, the company was you know like any any company that's a producer in the gold space has been you know outperforming the general overall overall market. So like uh, Alasa has, but uh, right now um, I looked at the fundamentals of the company SSR mining overseas, and I just think the multiples even after this merger, look really high to me. So there's better picks um, post-merger. So look, for my money, if I had shares in this and you know, after post-merger, um, I'd probably be a seller and looking at some other stocks that are better. better. Um, look, Turkey's also, you know, uh, it's one of those regions, you know, you never know yeah. what's gonna happen there. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably be a seller of SSR mining now is, is and, look, and look closer to Australian uh, miners? Australian miners or other years like Barrick and, you know, which obviously uh, Buffett uh, likes because yeah. he's put half a billion dollars in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there's better value than SSR mining post the merger, is right. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I think I think David's right. We, we had a buy recommendation on Alasa before the, and we then obviously went restricted on it. Um, and, and obviously SSR makes up the larger part of the of the merger yeah. it's called a merger but basically you know a laser is the smaller part of it um ssr mines gold silver zinc you know so it's a bit more diversified it's not just a gold miner right. uh, so those that are looking to get <coughs> pure gold exposure um uh, you know it's it's obviously changed that format for them look i when i when i'm not i wouldn't be about to say look you know hang on to it or buy it I think, you know, as David said, there's better alternatives out there, right. um, you know, particularly going local rather than, than more too far abroad. You've got those risks of not only, you know, country exposure, but also currency exposure, yeah. you know, in a, even though with gold, you do have that currency exposure as well. Um, I looked at recommendations on SSR around, you know, offshore, you know, there was a fair bit of positive recommendations out there. So those that are holding well, were holding a laser and now holding SSR. Um, you know, maybe do a bit of a search out there for mm. what what information's out there. But okay. you know, if I was looking to buy, look, right. no, I, I think right. go local. You know, what uh, do you prefer? I look, I prefer local. Newcrest, Santa Barbara. You know, right. those those sort of names. You know, yeah. they're, they're in our our, David, our do you categories. Have any 
preferences local? Uh, well, I did like uh, Resolute until I had that trouble in Mali. Uh, that's until that gets resolved, you know, you have to s stay away. But um, look, you'd have to say Northern Star would be the top pick in that sector. Um, I like Saracen, uh, Silver Lake, um, St. Barbara as well. Right. Um, right. But, you know, if Resolute can, you know, again, it's in Mali and they've got some political upheaval at the moment, then, then there's a union strike. I mean, they, they're incredibly undervalued if they can get this whole issue resolved, but right. it's risky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, for value, that's incredible value. I think the whole thing's about, you know, what's, what's your opinion on gold? Yep. Do you think there's more upside to it or, or is that it? You know, yeah. um, I, I tend to think that we're probably pretty close, if not at the top of the gold cycle. So um, I'd be saying to people that, you know, re, you know minimise your exposure to okay. gold. And if you, if you don't want that risk of operational risk by having a miner, there's always the GOLD ETF yes. and that gives you the pure yeah. gold exposure that, yeah. that people yeah. are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. What are the charts saying on gold? Oh, it's bullish. It's, I mean, look, it, it, tested, it hit that 2000 level, as we know, and then pulled back very sharply. So there was a, a few traders, um, you know, took profits yeah. or went short. Yeah. Um, it's starting to edge its way up. It's actually in a really tight triangle pattern. At, at, so there's going to be a breakout very shortly oh. of gold. Which way? I don't know. It's a triangle, which right. means it could be up or down. Right. Uh, a lot obviously also depends on the US dollar, yeah. you know, yeah. what happens there. Yeah. Um, but you know what's interesting is that you've got the equity markets roaring ahead in the US and gold's going up with bonds. That's never happened mm. before. That's unprecedented. Okay. So what, what's, that, what's the market again telling me? Yeah. When I look at that, they're very cautious. They're going yeah. to precious metals plus bonds and equities. I mean, that's really, I've never seen that before. Right. Okay. So something's going to break here. Right. Okay. That's why you're in 80% cash. That's it. <laughs> I think it could <laughs> be the equity market. Yeah, and, and look, I'm, I like the gold sector. You've got to, with the margins that Aussie gold producers are making, you've got to like yeah, the sector. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, um, they seem to be keeping the money rather than going out on a buying spree, making dodgy investments, which they usually do. They're banking it all and paying dividends. Who would have thought? Exactly. Um, David Paul wants a view on BHP Group. Well, you know, look, BHP, Rio, you know, the, the top miners, I mean, Fortescue, geez, they've replaced the banks, haven't they, for mm. dividends? Yes. Yeah. I mean, really. Surprise. Uh, I like BHP. Um, you know, if you've already got the stock, you'd certainly be holding it. Uh, you'd yep. even consider buying it. Yep. Um, look, it's testing on the chart. It's got some, you could see that, that top level there is around $40. Um, most analysts, about 15 analysts, not one has a sell. Uh, right. Most of them had a hold or a buy on, on BHP. Uh, there's a range of, um, you know, it's anywhere between, I can't believe someone's got a low price range of 27. That's a bit pessimistic in my view, right. to a high of 45. <laughs> right. um, so look, if it breaks that top level there, $40, which is where the average, the mean is, yep. uh, on uh, most analysts' ex valuations, intrinsic value, I agree with that. Um, I, think it, I think it's a buy up here with the stop underneath. Mm -hmm. um, and if it breaks that previous peak, then what normally happens is you'll see a lot more Keep buying going. coming in. Right. So okay. look, the fundamentals are strong, you know. I mean, 80% of their, their revenue, of course, is coming from iron ore and, and crude. But crude's been a bit weaker, although it's recovered back to above $40. Yeah. The Aussie dollar's around 73 So look, right now, I mean, copper, copper's been on a tear as well. Mm. So right now, these miners, they're just, they're a cash oh, cow. Yeah, yeah, and they're keeping the money. They're you know cutting back on expenditure and 
paying a really good dividend. So. Well, they've learnt from acquisitions in the past. That <laughs> they don't want that against the like name. Yeah, the CFOs are actually yeah. running the businesses yeah, now, yeah. which is well, great. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, both BHP and Rare have always had yeah. that sort of mandate that we won't make acquisitions unless they're tier one. Yeah. But they kept bringing that the, the 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 benchmark for a T1 down because they couldn't they couldn't find right. any assets that right. they, they wanted yeah, so yeah. look BHP offers a, I think a real compelling you know valuation yeah. metric it, you know we've got an accumulator on it um, yeah. so it's not a strong buy but you know we, we, we think people would be quite happy long term right. um, you know purchasing the stock uh, it's got a strong balance sheet quality management cash flows are very strong as David mentioned you know the commodity prices are high yeah. uh, they're at the bottom end of the cost production curve so um, you know the margins are very very good so cash flows are very solid you know it trades on a PE of oh, mid to low teens at the moment so you know it's not expensive at mm. these levels um, so and, and iron ore on a valuation basis is about 50% of the company now even if iron ore does come back below $100 and trades around between 80, 80 to 100, which I probably think is where it's fair, but yeah. with disruptions in South America, that's why it's yeah. it's high. Um, they've still got very good cash flows and very good uh, dividend yields. So as David mentioned, you know, it's you know where people are looking for income. Yeah. Um, you know, the banks aren't delivering it as well as they used to. So, um, you know, the miners are delivering. And, and also it's oil assets at the moment. The oil price is relatively low, which is yeah, they're looking a at, good counter. They're looking at reducing so. that. So, um, you know, they're expecting to make some changes, uh, sale of some coal and, and petroleum assets right. over the next two years, yeah. uh, whether they sell them or spin them off into another entity, like yeah. they've done in the past with South 32, Blue Scope, uh, yeah. and a few others. Um, you know, not sure how that'll play out, but over the next couple of years, they're looking to probably potentially reduce that energy exposure because of the coal side of it as well as the petroleum so not uh, not totally out of it but yeah. but reducing because currently on a valuation basis energy makes energy only including petroleum and coal makes up about 30 percent of right. the, the valuation okay. yeah or our right. valuation anyway um, all right yeah. there you go paul uh, by david and francesco like bhp at, at these levels uh, francesco angela wants a view on lend lease group the uh, the massive construction yeah, and, uh, and around the world too. It's definitely a better business. business to me yeah. now they've sold off the engineering right. um, business because they've, they've always, ever since they've had that division, they've always had problems with it. And you know, classic example is North Connects Tunnel uh, in Northwest Sydney, yep. joining up the M2 with the M1. Um, you know, cost overruns, time it still isn't open. So, uh, you know, they had, and that was a joint venture, and so it wasn't all end lease. Uh, but they've always struggled with the engineering side of things. So, Ma now, massive projects, big money. Yes. But if you bugger it up, if you, it's pretty uh, expensive. Uh, and, 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 <laughs> and governments and governments and owners yeah. these days are not going into it. You know, and taking on the risk, they, yeah. they're going. You know, we want delivery on this cost. Yeah. And you so take it, you take, take the risk, risk. and and uh, and particularly with tunnelling, yeah. uh, I don't think there's a tunnel in Australia that hasn't gone broke. Yeah. Um, now, now they've ex exited from that. They're focusing more on uh, bringing it back to be more like a, a, a REIT and uh, you know, funds management type business. Um, although the the development side of things is quite good as well. So they're ramping that up. Um, we have a hold recommendation on it. Um, I, I would lean more towards a positive hold on that. Um, you know, so the analysts, and, and particularly the share prices come back. So you know, that recommendation, I think, might be a little bit 
updated. Um, so, you know, and they're looking to grow their assets under management to about 100 billion by 2030, currently around 36 billion. Right. Um, they're very good right. at managing the, the property trust, the investment side of yeah. the business. So, look, I, I, we have a hold, but I, I would lean more towards a positive on that. Okay. Yeah. All right, David? Yeah, look, I'm, uh, I'm, this is a great trading stock for me. It's in a really nice channel. Right. Since uh, since early May, it's been between $11 and 13 And it's smack bang right in the middle of that right now, $11.90. Yeah. So I, I rate it as that. It's more of a trade to right. me. Great, what I call channeling stock. Um, the fundamentals and the return on equity does not you know excite me, that's for yeah. sure. Um, you know, the, there's a small dividend yield. Uh, I think there's just better opportunities for growth and right. dividend, yeah. um, like BHP, for example. Right. Um, so I, I would wait. I think the jury's out. I think they've, as, as Francesco said, they've um, they've really uh, starting to restructure the business. Um, you know, increase the you know they've got to show a higher return on equity. Mm. I think and start producing because because the trend has been horrible over the years yeah. for anybody. And they've been under a lot of pressure, haven't they? Uh, totally. It's just been you know. I mean, it was up at twenty dollars uh, late last year. You know, down to yeah. below ten in the COVID yeah. in March had a little bit of a bounce but it's had a weak bounce you know yeah yeah so that's what I, I can see right now the market's just buying time on this one and saying show us the money right okay yeah so so you you're making big plans you're getting out out of the engineering business show you can make mm. make money and build our confidence back again. but in the meantime hey it's great trade yeah. between 11 and 30. Yeah. The, the more it goes into uh more like property trust as opposed to a you know engineering development company um the the less risk in the business right. the, hence why you're not going to get a huge amount of growth out of it it's more of a, a assets under management and income okay. type thing um so right. yeah okay Angela, thank you for that suggestion. Uh, appreciate it. Rahul, David wants a view on, on Live Tiles. This is a, a big workplace software company, uh, is it, uh, that trades around the world. It says it offers intelligent workplace software for commercial government and education markets. Mm. Yeah, look, uh, they've had a, um, from just looking at the numbers here, they look like they had a good um, jump in revenue, yep. but they're still not making money. Um, Costs jump higher than the revenue jumps, I think. So, you know, it's a small cap. It's only about 189 million market cap value. Um, so, you know, for that reason alone, I mean, it's hard for me to get too excited about it. Um, you know, looking at the, you know, also negative cash flows, look at their cash flow statement. They had negative uh, after payments to suppliers, and, you know, from receipts to custom, from customers, negative 20 million. Um, that's uh, that's pretty, you know. If they it's keep a, going it's at that rate, it's a big chunk on a small company. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So you know, they really need to improve their cash flows here. Otherwise, they're going to be, you know, looking for more cash. They have got some better cash. They've got thirty-seven million at least in the bank. But yep. at that rate, that ain't going to last long. So well, they I'd, keep they keep raising money. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and you got to um, question companies that do yeah. keep raising money. You know, yeah. But they're saying they're hoping to be cash flow break even by next year. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. They've got it. They're coming uh, from a long way back. That's right. Yeah. So, not for me. Okay, Francesco. <laughs> Pretty Look, I'm in, I'm in the same camp today. Right. I, I'd like to see it turn a profit. Right. And, and it's a, you know, when you think about what type of company it is, it, you know, it offers a, a, a service. Uh, you'd think they'd be starting to look at sort of turning that 
exactly. profitability around, yeah. particularly when it comes down to, well, you know, a lot of it would be manpower and salaries yeah. and wages. Operating cash flows were awful. You know, yeah. I had a look at them, um, you know, earlier this morning and, and you know, the, the negativity behind the cash flows was pretty ordinary. You know, and back going back four years of losses, you yeah. know, it just... I've been going for a while. been going for quite a while. Um, I forget how long they've been listed for, but, yeah, look, I'd like to see them turn a profit. Yeah. before I'd even take a look yeah. at them. I think. And, that, and that's an important thing for the market, too, so yeah. the look, it's a, it's management have to show yeah. they can make money. Look, it's a tech company, and I yeah. get it. A lot of people will invest in tech companies on the back of uh, you know yeah. the trust in or the, the expectations that these sure. great profits will come in tech. years to come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this to me is more of a service company. They develop yeah. a workplace intranet type thing, so it's more about providing workplaces with with um, productivity tools, um, employee communications, all that sort of stuff. So yep. to me, I would like to see you know it turn at a profit in much shorter time frame. So yep. okay. yeah, look, I, I, we don't have a recommendation on it, but I, I'd, yep. I'd you know, stay clear so of it. No. Yeah. Okay, all right, Rahul, thank you for that. Um, Francesco, Nelly wants a view on, on Unity Group. This is a an internet telecommunications company, but also on the infrastructure side as well, isn't it? It is. Uh, putting fibre in, wireless towers, that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and they're going through an acquisition at the moment. They're buying Opticom, um, which they've only just increased the offer on, I think, more script involved in it. I'm not quite sure. Our analyst has got a buy recommendation on this stock, despite you know it going through this acquisition. Um, yeah, if they make a good acquisition here, um, you know, and they've got a good track record of acquisitions. You know, it'll provide good future growth for the company. Right. I think. Yep. Um, you know, has strengths. Uh, you know, in greenfield fibre, uh, recurring network revenues, strong cash flow generation. Look, it, it trades on a relatively high PE, but you know, with a high growth stock, you would expect that. Um, you know, our analysts have got strong earnings per share growth in it. Um, so it trades around 22 and a half times earnings. Uh, I don't think that's too expensive uh, for a um, you know a, a stock in its infancy that's coming into yeah, this sector, particularly when there's some consolidation happening. Um, that creates more market share opportunities. Hasn't been listed long, obviously, so as you can see there. Yeah. Um, but um, look, this the, I think this acquisition is going to tell whether you know how much leverage they get out of that. Right. Okay, yeah. David. Yeah, look, I, I would. Um, the jury's out on this one for me. I, I think I'd be a hold, a wait and see. Um, but post merger, you know, with uh, Opticom, I mean, it's going to be, it's going from double the market cap, you know, from seven hundred odd million market cap that Unity Group's got now. When they merge with Opticom, it'll be twice that. Mm. So it'll be a bigger group. So it's a merger of equal. Yeah. Large, well, there's right. cash and shares, yeah. a cash and share offer. Right. Um, so they raised, I think they just did a placement recently, they have $150 million, uh, to fund this acquisition. Right. So it's been recommended by the Opticom board that they, that shareholders accept it. Um, so, you know, so they're, they're getting a nice cash back for the yeah. Opticom shareholders. But yeah, look, for me, um, I want to see the more evidence of growth in their revenue and bottom line. Okay. All That's right. before. Okay. All right. So wait off there. Let's just recap the uh, the first five stocks and our stock of the day. IAG with uh, a new chief executive uh, being appointed, uh, uh, appointed uh, a hold from uh, Francesco and Ords, uh, a no from David on that. Alisa Gold, who have just gone 
through the uh, the merger with SSR, uh, a no from both Francesco and David. Uh, look for one of our local gold miners, Newcrest, Northern Star, Santa Barbara, those sorts of stocks. Um, a yes from both uh, David and Francesco on BHP, uh, like the big Australian at this stage and, and not overly priced. Uh, Lend lease, a uh, hold from Francesco, a no from, uh, from David. Live tiles, uh, no, they've got to start uh, learning how, how to make money before both of them become a fan. And Unity Group, Ords um, have a buy on uh, Unity Group. Uh, and David's got a, a bit of a wait and see to uh, see how they go through with their merger as well. Um, here on the call, we're, we're tracking our own portfolio since uh, the 1st of July. All the stocks that get a unanimous yes from uh, our two experts on the panel, uh, that stock goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again uh, on future panels and doesn't get a unanimous yes, it then goes out. Um, so it's all about how to keep up with the stocks, what you can learn from them. Uh, markets are constantly changed. That's why you've got to get good advice from the likes of Wealthwise and, and Awards while you're trading. Information is always your best ally. So let's take a look at how the, uh, the portfolio's been going. Uh, from uh, a monthly basis, we're up uh, oh, almost 1.63%. Um, since the 1st of July, which is when we started tracking this, uh, we're up 10.5%. Uh, so for the week, almost 2%, the month, 1.5%, and the financial uh, since the 1st of July, 10.5%. So, uh, so far today, uh, BHP goes into, uh, into the calls portfolio because it had the two thumbs up from David and Francesco this morning. Um, if you want to see what's in the, uh, the portfolio, uh, recently, our experts have added the Thorny Technologies, uh, LIC, Tech, uh, Eagles Automotive, Ava Risk Group, Silver Lake Resources, which both of the guys um, uh, suggested today as a uh, replacement for Oasa and RPM Global. We had Macquarie Group and Atomos come up last week. They managed to stay in the portfolio as our panel maintained a buy on those stocks. And zero was given the boot uh, through a unanimous uh, um, non-tick from our uh, our um, uh, experts on last Monday, and it was held down by the experts on the Thursday who thought it should have been in there, but it didn't come up. But that's what it's all about. You get different views. If you want to check all of the stocks in the portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll update it each day as we go through. Coming up in the next hour on AusBiz, we're joined by the Managing Director of Energy Company, Comet Ridge, Tor McCall, um, on the rise by over 30% in its biggest intraday gain since May. Uh, Tor will be joining us just after 1pm. All right, let's get into uh, the second five stocks. And David, Jim wants uh, a view on Helios, um, which is a medical and, and health group, uh, medical centres and pathology centres through throughout Australia there. Uh, pathology, medical centres and imaging, uh, dental, IV, IVF and day hospitals. Mm. What do you think of Helios? I uh, noticed just on our ticker they had a good day today by all of Yeah, well they pulled back a little bit. But uh, look, I, I, I'm not excited about this company. Um, 
they're, they're selling the medical centre business, to, or they have sold it. They're sold, waiting, yeah. They're yeah. waiting for the proceeds, which I think is about 500 million, which is certainly shore up their balance sheet. But look, this has been a real underperform in terms of ret their return on equity, and it's just been poorly managed, in my view, um, you know, in, as, a, as a medical centre business. And now they've gotten rid of that. They're focusing on the pathology and imaging business. Yeah. So let's see how that pans out over time. Um, yeah, they had a recently appointed CEO. So again, you know, give it time to see how that, but look, from where it is right now, um, I, I wouldn't be a buyer. Um, in fact, I'd probably be, if you bought it, if you're lucky to buy it at lower levels, I'd probably be definitely taking some profits on this one. Yeah. I think there's much better opportunities out there. Because there are a lot of other imaging yeah. groups, aren't they? Really yeah, good Sonic ones. Healthcare, yeah. You, know, you know, you've got better stocks in the healthcare sector than this one, in yeah. my view. So um, I wouldn't be definitely would buy, and I'll be taking profits. Uh, that's okay. that's if, you know, right, or, if you've ridden it up there to the three thirty five. Yeah, and look the, the the intrinsic value when you look at it, you know, it is slightly higher than this, um, in around three fifty. So and there seems to be a small number of analysts that cover it, four with buyers, four with holds, uh, but I'm not a buyer. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Francesca. Yeah, I'm probably a little different, I suppose, and, and different to Dave. We have we we have restricted coverage at the moment, but we were positive on the stock, and that's partly due due to the 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 execution of the sale of the medical centres that's yeah. going on at the moment. Um, they've retained the the hospitals and the the day hospitals and the IVF, uh, which I think is important to maintain that. Um, the result was in line with guidance and expectations, so there was no surprises there. Um, COVID vest testing, um, they've got about 20% market share in that, which, which is more than made up for the drop in their normal pathology numbers, so that's, yeah. that was a positive. Uh, obviously, imaging um, was, was negatively impacted with COVID. Um, it's picked up significantly in all states except Victoria, but that's another obvious one. Um, day surgery and IVF are recovering. Um, and, and apparently they're promising to sort of deliver positive earnings for FY21. So, so you know, obviously this, this type of business was impacted um, yeah. mostly negative, but obviously the COVID testing was a positive uh, from that. And we're seeing to start to see some, some turnaround. Um, they've reduced their earnings forecasts, our analysts have, but that I still think, you know, trades on around 20 times is, is okay. Right. And I'm not going to say, we, you know, people should be going out there and buying it. There was no final dividend declared, but expecting dividends to come back. Um, I think you're both right that there are better, better alternatives out there. And, you know, you mentioned Sonic. Yes, if you want a bit of that global exposure, yeah. because Sonic does, you know, um, obviously have exposure in Europe and in the US, uh, more so Europe. Um, there's another smaller one, IDX, um, which does a lot of diagnostics as well. Right. Um, our guy has a buyer on that, but it's a smaller cap play. Right. So, yeah. you know, obviously, but that comes more risk. So, yeah. Sonic is our preference for long-term portfolios. Those are looking for you know, sh you know short-term risk or shorter-term risk, IDX, yeah. but would not shy away from Helios Investments. So, if someone right. owned, I wouldn't be going out and telling them to sell it. Okay. I think it, you know, around 20 times or under, and you look at the likes of Sonic, which is trading sort of mid to high 20s, you know, IDX probably same. Um, I, I think there's value there. Okay, all right. So um, uh, thank you for that, Jim. Appreciate the, uh, the suggestion. Now, Francesco, uh, Sabrina wants uh, a view on Jack Corp, which I'd, 
Sabrina, thanks for putting it up. I'd actually never heard of it. So nor, in, nor had I. <laughs> went, in, went in to have a look at it. It looks as though it could be a um, sort of one of those classic import-export uh, businesses yes. between Australia and China. Um, seems to be they, they import... Um, more export. More export uh, up to China. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like, you know, their <clears throat> flavour of the month type exporters so mm. you know you look at the products there's powdered milk there's uh cosmetics there's wine yeah. you know so anything that the, that, that's sort of flavor of the month yeah. uh, i think they're they're all over it which i suppose from a point of view of a company like this you'd want to be reactive to Being the market entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah of course um but you know it's a very small company 25 million dollar market cap uh, look i think it's highly speculative uh too many unknowns for me you know it's <clears> a, you know, looking through the business you know operates specialist fast-moving consumer goods in Australia and China, says a lot. Uh, but there's also another division called Coltec, which oh. to me was a bit, you know, uh, strange. But again, how did, that fit? Yeah. Did, yeah, how does it fit in with their regular business? But again, I think it's seen as more of an opportunistic type thing um, from management. So, and I don't know how <coughs> it values it, but again, you know, too small for, yeah. for our guys to cover. Uh, for me, it's a little bit too speculative. Um, look, you know, you could have an announcement on a stock like this. What is it, three cents? Yeah. You could have an announcement on it tomorrow and it could go to five, which right. percentage-wise looks good. Yeah. Uh, but would I be saying buy it and hold it for a year or two? No, it's no. it's more of a trader thing. Sure. David, uh, David's uh, probably going to give me better insight into the share price <laughs> movements. <laughs> when you look at the block, the steady line, that means it's hardly ever traded. Well, if that was a patient, it means they're dead. Oh, right. <laughs> that's that's uh, it as a heart monitor. Right. I mean, it's been like that for three, four mm. years. Um, look, this company, I totally agree with Francesca's uh, comments there. Look, highly, highly speculative. It's a micro cap. Yeah. I mean, you look at their balance sheet. Um, there's also a qualification by the auditors on this. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah about an ongoing concern. Right. Because they've got like 11 million in the bank, but $20 million in debt, and they're paying an average interest rate. 14%. 14%? 14%. So, um, must this, be a really old debt. Yeah, well, this is... Um, well, highly risky old, debt. Yeah. Very risky, oh, but yeah. this, is a, this is a big concern as an ongoing concern. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, it's one to avoid completely. Highly, right. yeah, so it, it technically insolvent, and that's what the auditors are pointing out right. on this business. Okay. But they're all into... All sorts of things, you know, the dairy products, the, the uh, right. even skincare, um, other stuff. But um, COVID has actually obviously had a big impact. Yeah. But yeah, not for my money. This okay. is high risk. All right. Okay. Uh, there you go, Sabrina. Um, a fairly uh, fairly straightforward uh, opinion there on on Jack Corp. Uh, Joseph uh, David wants a view on Iris, the uh, information trading yeah. financial platform. I actually, sort of Australia's version of Bloomberg, isn't it? Yeah, I actually like this one. Uh, you know, they make money, which is great. Right. <laughs> in the tech sector. Um, you know, they've had some good growth in revenue, 12% from the previous uh, half year. Um, you know, they're... they're um, yeah, look, I, it ticks a lot of boxes for me. Not the trend at the moment. The trend's a little bit down. But I think I would, I would certainly not be adverse to, to looking at an opportunity to buy this one. And it's right. coming down to that support level here so i'd be my view would be an accumulation and right. and it's also you know got a it's not overly expensive by just looking at the 
yeah, it's good return on equity of 16.5%, which is great. Um, as I said, nice revenue growth. Uh, dividend yield 4.6%, fully franked. Right. So that's, uh, that ticks a lot of boxes for me. Um, you know, in terms of their valuation, you know, the stock is what at the moment, um, it's below, you know, there's a target of 11.50 by analysts and a low target of $11. So it's actually Gee. below that. Okay. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, I quite like this one and um, I would say accumulate or buy some down here. Okay. Because, um, yeah, um, I like the numbers. Francesca? So this one might go into your portfolio. Yeah, good term. We, well, we, we it all depends on you. <laughs> we we have we, we have an accumulate on it, and, and I right. don't disagree. I think it's um, yeah. I think it's a, a good opportunity here. Okay. I mean, it might get a little bit cheaper if we have some more weakness overall and broader market weakness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we could see a, a sort of sell off down to the high eights. If that was the case, I'd be right. you know I'd be strong buyer. Um, look, it provides market data, trading systems, order management systems wealth management systems. So um, as wealth's growing, you know, and, and, and the need for, for this sort of technology, um, you know, they've probably got the biggest market share, right. particularly in Australia, but they yeah. are global. You know, we're trading, they're yeah, operating. They're big in Europe, Europe yeah, and well, they bought, Canada. they've been on, they've, over recent years, they've been on acquisition trials right. and bought sort of businesses in the UK and Canada. They do have exposure in the US as well. Yeah. Um, so they're in most developed countries and some emerging markets as well delivered a really solid cash result yeah. last reporting season. It was 22% above our analyst forecasts. They haven't given any guidance going forward, but they're not alone in the marketplace there no. because of COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, but um, we expect strong strong profit growth over the next three years. So, you know, if you're a chartist and David knows this better than me. Look at that support. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, broader market weakness might take this down to the low eights, maybe, in, sorry, the low nines, maybe high eights. And that would, to me, say, look, that's a strong buy. But at the moment, right. you know, accumulating wouldn't hurt. Absolutely. And again, it's a, it's a, you know, for us, it'd be a two to three year view. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's All always, right. look, you see on the chart there how it's just bounced that many times between that yeah. 9, 950 mm. yeah. up to like 1250, 1450. Yeah. And look, the, yeah, this ticks, this ticks a lot of boxes for me. Okay. All right. Um, so, good result there, Joseph. Well, uh, certainly one well worth watching and, uh, and dabbling in. Uh, Francesco Hussain wants a, a view on carbon revolution. Now, this is a manufacturing uh, business that sort of old fashioned people like me would say it, it uh, manufactures mag wheels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> better, you better define, I don't know if the young audience might know what that is. Oh, no, you probably don't know. Oh, God, no, you used to, to put on your sand, man. <laughs> you, you, you weren't one of those dragsters down Parramatta Road. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but they may, may I downplay you a bit, they make yes. carbon fibre wheels. Uh, very high-tech uh, export <laughs> around the world to, uh, to automotive uh, groups and pretty highly regarded. Yeah, uh, look, uh, first of all, let me say, you know, it's great to see uh, a manufacturing company yeah. in Australia. You know, yeah, we've absolutely. lost a lot of that over the years. Yeah. I think COVID's exposed us a bit. Yep. Um, so it's good to see a company uh, manufacturing things here in Australia yeah. and exporting them. I'd like to see more of it. Um, it only listed in December last year. Uh, December, yeah, last year, uh, at 260 a share. So it's off that, but you know yeah. you'd expect that with the way the market's been. Um, so I haven't seen any profit in it. So that sort of concerns me a bit. But um, you know, would I invest in this? I mean, basically, you're looking at automotive parts and equipment. Uh, it's a single product, you yeah. know, manufacturer yes. and seller. 
Um, you know, I'd probably prefer to be in something like an ARB or a GUD, GUD right. preferably. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a broader product range. If, yeah. if you're looking to get exposure to automotive parts, um, and it probably tr it trades on a much more attractive multiple. Um, the, the, and we don't have a recommendation on odds. We don't have any research on it at all. But yeah. um, look, it'd be worth keeping an eye on. Um, right. I, I think you know, listing at two sixty, and they they got that listing away. Uh, I think it means investors, you know, do think that there's something yeah. in this, and yeah. uh, um, I think it's worth keeping an eye on. But you know, if I want that sort of exposure, GUD would be my preference sure. at okay. this stage. All right. Mm. Uh, and by GUD and ARB put out pretty impressive yeah. uh, annual earnings, didn't well, they? Well, in, in this as environment, that, yeah. As everyone's pimping their four-wheel drives because they can't fly anywhere, yeah. they're going Well, people are, people are buying used cars and fixing their existing yeah. ones more than actually. So if you look at new car sales, they're down significantly. Yeah. Uh, but used car sales are actually up. Through the roof. Yeah. yeah. Um, and prices up too. Prices up on them as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. So um, that's not discrediting carbon revolution. But no. Yeah. Um, keep, keep, Interesting, and as you say, Australian manufacturing, let's support them where we can. Yeah. <laughs> David? Yeah, look, um, uh, you know, here, like I said, carbon fibre, you know, I think of space and NASA and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But, you know, um, look, it's got some, uh, what I'm, I like about the company is the revenue growth has been really strong. Yep. If you look at it for the previous year, up 158%, so, but the cost of goods sold also up 124%. Uh, so when you take, you know, I'm putting my accountant's hat on here. So when you take away the total revenue, which is 39 million, the costs were 50. I yeah, mean, you're no. going out the back door straight away, aren't you? you know? yeah. And then they've got all these other amortizations, depreciation, etc. So, you know, they really got to turn that around. I mean, their outlook statement, they're pretty positive about the growth outlook and very impressive that they build on, but they've got to get those costs down yeah. Uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And, 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 and you wonder how border lockdowns might be affecting them well, to trade, all that sort of thing. A lot, yeah. so, uh, yeah, much supply so. Supply chain. Yeah. And, and we joke about mag wheels, but I think it's a bit more to it than that. I think yeah. it's a bit more about sort of the lighter wheels means it's more fuel efficient and yeah. not just for, for um, petrol cars, but also for electric cars as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's in, it's in a reasonable thematic. They've just got to get the finances. Yeah, they've got to yeah. get, they've got to make it work, you know, financially like any business. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless you're, Buy now, pay later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then anything goes. Yeah, yeah. It is, a, it is amazing. Out of interest, have you looked at the charts for the buy, buy now, pay later? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. coming off. I expected that would happen. You know, right. the, the, there's a, it's all specky, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. When Afterpay is exceeded, exceeds the market capitalization of Coles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, you're old enough to remember E-Corp. Uh, E-Corp. In, in the, in the dot-com days. I remember lay-bys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, e Lows e and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the dot-com boom, there was this thing called E-Corp uh, that right. had virtually no revenue but had a yeah. higher valuation than Woolworths at yeah. one stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. capitalisation. Yeah. So. But it's like, you know, look, one thing I've learned is when you get this extreme bullish sentiment, yeah. you know, like CSL's in the same camp, when yeah. it got to $330, everybody's bullish on yeah. it, you know? Yeah. When everybody's bullish on it, I'm bearish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's when you've got to be careful. It's the same with what happened to Bonnie. And so for me, I would ne not be a buyer in that space. In fact, yeah. I'm looking at it as a, what I call a short yeah. um, for afterpay, and uh, it's it's getting there, you right. know? The, the trend is very 
let me use the word dodgy right now. Right. You know, it's not quite a technical so, term. You're starting to see yeah. some large uh, organisations to move into the space. So yeah. PayPal's there, been moved off. There's a not few really things. a moat around. No, there, so anyone can no. get into. So it. PayPal's looking to move into that space. So I yeah. think they made an acquisition I recently to, yeah. to to take over. But all the banks are just going to. Yeah. But the the ironic thing it's is, like Combank's just going to deal yeah. with Clowner or I don't yeah. know what it's called. But also you got now the banks are coming in offering interest-free credit cards like yeah. NAB has. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of competition in this. But the space. ironic thing is a lot of these buy now pay later services, and they're not tech companies; they're financial services companies yeah. that offer. I mean, if, if you're going to say that uh, they're a, they're a tech company, then CBA, Westpac, NAB, they're all tech companies because yeah. they offer banking online, and, yeah. and so yeah. so it's more the delivery of it. But um, a lot of young people are actually paying their their um, instalments with their credit card, so yeah. it's sort of just compounding things a bit for them. Yeah, yeah that that's uh, dangerous. Um, so when we talked about the calls portfolio and what was added recently, Thorny Technology, the reason it got in is that it has quite a, has a reasonable holding in afterpay, uh, but then in its portfolio has sort of ten other tech stocks. So oh, if you, it's a, it's an easier yeah. exposure <laughs> to yeah, afterpay yeah. rather than just putting all your money on, on buy now, pay later, it's part of a it's portfolio. Less risk, yeah, stocks, for sure. Less risk. And buying at a discount to NTA. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, let's, uh, our final stock has been suggested by Chris and uh, David. He wants a view on OFX Group. This is the, uh, the big foreign exchange international payments group, yeah. uh, both for consumers, business clients, um, officers, in that business got to be around the world? Yeah, the world. look, I, I don't mind this one. I don't like the trend though. The right. trend is down, so it's quite weak. But I, I got to say, they're, they're very stable in their revenue. I mean, the re return on equity is quite high at 29%, plus the earnings multiple is about 13 times PE, right. which is not expensive, 4.5% unfranked dividend yields. So right. pretty good, okay. not um, better than leaving your money in the bank. But that's the problem right there is the trend. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that would have me not rush out and buy this stock, but I would put it on my watch list for right. sure. You okay. might even consider accumulating it, especially if it got down to, there's a previous uh, low around a dollar. Right. I, I think down there, um, if it managed to, to get, uh, yeah, well, it's only 10% more, less, yep. Yep. more uh, downside. But I, I would look at it down there because that had a big, nice big spike from that level. Yeah. But I, I don't mind this one. I, I would have it on the watch list and I'd okay. be, looking at an appropriate time to buy, not right now. Okay. Francisco? Uh, yeah, look, I'm a little bit contrary to David in this, um, that, um, look, I think, you know, from an industry perspective, there's a lot of larger competition against these guys. I get that they're a niche player, yep. and they offer niche products within, uh, particularly the foreign exchange side of things. Um, but I think you'll find that the, the larger banks probably are able to compete, you know, on that. So I think they get their market share more from disgruntled people that don't want to trade through their banks. Right. Obviously, it's probably more expensive to trade through the banks and so forth, but 
they offer broader product range. Um, if you look back at the performance of the stock David mentioned over the last 12 months, you go back to when it listed in 2013, mm. it's been a very poor performer. Um, that's not to say that you know in the future it won't, because as David mentioned it, it does make money uh, and it is profitable. Um, but I look, I just think in this specialised financial services space, there's better opportunities out there. Um, one I'm going to mention, um, you know, we don't have a great deal of coverage on it, is Omni Bridgeway. Right. Um, they offer funding for uh, litigation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the old IMF Bentham. Yeah, yeah. Um, they merge with the European business, which was Omni Bridgeway. Uh, look, this, this is a very smart operation. They don't just fund litigation on a whim. They, they actually oh. have people within the organisation that understand the, the, the legal aspects of it all. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember what their success rate is, but their success rate's pretty high. Mm, okay. um, the share price has been pretty average in right. recent times, but I think uh, going forward, um, you know, there's some positives to come out there. Okay. So so with, with uh, OFX Group, we don't have a recommendation on it, but oh. I'm you know, a bit indifferent to okay. negative towards it. All right. Let's uh, just check the final five stocks. Helios, I know from both Francesco and David, they prefer uh, IDX and Sonic. Uh, Jack Corper, no. Um, Iris, a yes. So it goes into our uh, portfolio of the call. Uh, Carbon Revolution, a no. Uh, Francesco, if you, if you want that car parts sort of automotive area, GUD or um, ARB, probably the preferences there. Uh, OFX, a no from Francesco. David has got to be watching it. If it gets down to that $1 mark, then it's certainly worth a look. Um, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. Good to see you, mate. Thank you, you very much you. for your Thanks, time Dave. today. My pleasure. Francesco from Ords, always great to pleasure. see you. Pleasure. Thanks, David. All right. Um, look, just uh, before we go, if you'd like any stocks you'd like us to have a look at, email the call at osbiz.com.au. Let me assure you we will get around to it. Uh, we've got lots of people who are emailing in for views and we try and get through as many as we can. Um, you can send your suggestions uh, through Twitter using the at TV handle as well. A reminder, if you want to see all of the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and they're all there for you to look at. Uh, just if you want an update every afternoon of what's happened in the day in business and markets and finance, uh, you should be signing up to the COB, Close of Business, um, and it gives you the uh, latest in your inbox, 5.30pm, Monday to Friday, Eastern. Uh, subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. Scuddy and Nadine will bring you the latest. And uh, Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3pm. Today being joined by Daniel Diamond, who's created an app to help athletes take their mental training and well-being to the next level. Uh, it's called Arete. Uh, Startup Daily, of course, looks every at everything in the startup, scale-up, venture capital world, um, that unlisted private equity market between 2 and 3 p.m. every afternoon. So a lot happening throughout the afternoon on Ausbiz. Stick around, and we'll see you same time tomorrow for the call. Thank you.